Hello and welcome to IndiePod, an indie games podcast, your weekly source for all the indie games news you need to know. This week we are bringing you four awesome indie game news stories before, of course, we hop in to news cram and talk about a bunch of new stuff and a quick news story. Over on God Bless the Crowd, we're going to talk about an interesting 2D action platformer and we've got a whole lot of listener questions to get to. But before we get into any of that, I would like to introduce myself, Von Hyde, alongside my illustrious co-host, the biggest of average, Adjust Boys. How you doing today, Big Just Boy? <laughs> I'm doing pretty well. I love when you accentuate the uh, the oi. Yeah. My favorite part. I mean, you know, it just adds to the mystique of the biggest of average Josh boys. It's true. I am very mystique. See, the thing I really do enjoy though is on Active Quest when Chris and Josh try to say the biggest of average Josh boys and they never get it right, and I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> patented biggest of average josh boys say it right here okay mm. like you gotta really get into it so like, yeah yeah you gotta quiver yeah i mean once we eventually do video you'll see that i literally move but yeah. oh, i can't wait for that <laughs> yeah <laughs> that i actually like quiver just to get the perfect sound mm-hmm, that's how mm-hmm. committed i am to this bit okay i mean come on when are you not committed yeah, one of these days it's going to force me into a seizure and I'm just like going to die on camera and it's all going to be because you're the biggest of average Josh boys, okay? I mean, if uh, if there's a way to go, I guess that's one of them. Yeah, that's the way I want to die. I'm that's that or on the should. toilet. That's it. I'm, I'm going to go out like Elvis <laughs> or I'm going to go out on my own terms. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I feel like both would be your own terms, but yeah. I don't know. Like, well, we've talked about this in the past. I am actually afraid of dying on the toilet, but like, I guess I'll be out there with Elvis, so it's like pretty cool. Dying like, on the toilet's cool not a bad place to die because you shit yourself when you die. So at least it'll be like nice and clean for the person who comes and takes your body away. Yeah, but then they gotta wipe your butt. Like, it's hard to wipe my butt. I'll tell you right now. Look, 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 look. Whoa, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> you're. Your your <laughs> your issue with this is that they have to wipe your butt, but the other alternative would be that you just shit your pants and it's everywhere, and you're like, well, they still have to wipe my butt though. <laughs> just get a bidet. <laughs> exactly this. Okay, full circle That's from fair. where the last episode ended. Just get a bidet. Make it so it's like an auto bidet that you know it it senses pressure. And so every couple of seconds, it just like shoots up or something like that. That would be kind of annoying if you were like mid poop. But like, <laughs> I mean, that would be crazy, especially because like if my corpse was sitting there for a while, it would just blow me up like a water balloon. I mean, how much pressure is your bidet have if it's you really fucking, know fucking me, bro. filling you up? I'm like, I'm shooting that shit like no other. I'm like, I'm trying to butt chug this water, you know? I'm trying so. to get hydrated up on this bidet. Man, we can never have a, a nice, friendly. Uh, start to this episode it's always 100%. always <laughs> gotta be fucking weird it can never happen because this is what gets people like this is what gets people ready for the cadence of the podcast mm. if we were just normal in the beginning like hello my name is von hud and today we're going to be talking about some indie games like I if like i did that, that accent, and then somebody heard me i mean that's like that's the best accent i've ever done because it i know that evolve was... into like new jersey but it probably would have if I went any longer. I think but, we should like, have special accents. Like one it, day, you know, like we have to do them. Like like certain, uh, that should be a, like a backer tier. Like every the month accent like podcast. Weird, an accent podcast. Hell yeah, dude. I'd do it. What was I? I was supposed to do the old man one or something. We talked yeah, about episode 100. Yeah, it was an old man podcast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, dude. I'll do old man for an entire episode. 
Mine would definitely, I'm telling you right now, no matter what, it devolves. Like, I'm doing a project for my audio production class right now, Mm -hmm. and I was trying to, like, do this stupid fucking grizzled voice because for some reason we can't have other people work on this shit with us. We have to show, like, our vocal variety, and I'm like, I'm trying to produce this bitch. I ain't trying to be an actor, but... Mm. Like they, I was trying to do this grizzled voice and I ended up like listening to it and having to record it because it devolved once again into like a New Jersey accent. I'm like, what is my deal with this? (laughs) It's like watching fucking 12, 12 shitty Mark Wahlberg movies for some reason made me perpetually want to be in that Mark Wahlberg accent. See, I have a friend where the same thing happens to him, only it it turns French for some reason. That's weird. Yeah. That's super weird. (laughs) Like mine's weird, but that's super weird. Okay. Yep, he always always does an accent and then ends up going with like a oh or something at the end. And like it just starts slowly creeping into French for some reason. All of his like he eventually goes undercover as like he becomes a cop, goes undercover, and then they're just like, Why? Are you French? And he's like he like accidentally backs himself into a corner and he's like yes monsieur like he has to do that for like a year ends up learning french win-win okay your friend should become a cop i don't know him probably Elaborate not a good story. idea i could but... never see that kid being a cop <laughs> <laughs> you're like this guy ate a battery last year like he's not he's not good for policing no i mean he's a he's a smart cookie but he is not cop material that is for fucking sure <laughs> So let's actually talk about the podcast and or indie games. So, yeah. of course, some housekeeping before we hop into what we're playing. We've got the Kalen Houston, I believe is how you say the name. Uh, the Wavebreak developer interview coming up this Wednesday. So, of course, once again, that caveat. Uh, the patrons will listen to this on Tuesdays. Free feeds on Fridays. So if you are listening to this on Friday, you probably already listened to this. But if you're a patron, listen to it tomorrow. Okay? Wow. Jeez. Wow. Sorry, I just got there with you, but, like, listen to it, okay? Um, Also, please check... Oh, by the way, Wavebreak looks dope as shit. Like, Josh and I were talking about this before the podcast. (laughs) This game looks cool. (laughs) Yeah, it uh, it was a pretty good interview, too. Uh, It was interesting because I also talked a little bit about kind of the... uh, how it was like being part of the uh god i can't even remember their name right now stadia ecosystem because like nothing is there uh you know at least in my mind because i just that's not anything that i'm interested right now because i mean also like nobody's talking about it it says it's dead i mean yeah kind of but apparently the people who are there they have like a good community that that are kind of sticking together which makes sense you know how'd you Uh, pose the question were you like how does it feel to be part of a dead platform yeah yeah i basically said like how does it feel to make the wrong choice exactly Um, that's how i pose questions that's why i don't do interviews (laughs) no i just said i i said literally what what i said to you basically of it being a a much smaller community and that it doesn't seem to be very much in the media right now it's like not the talk of the town you know dance around the subject don't just be like (laughs) yo uh how how does it feel to be on like the the shittiest of of platforms right now you know I mean, they're it, like, I mean, there's like Soldier Boy tried to make a console, so like it's not the shittiest, and you're like, but it is though. But like, it is. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like, I, he got he might have gotten sued by Sega or whatever, but like yours is still worse. <laughs> not at all. But uh, but it was a good interview, and yeah, the game does look legit. Obviously, I'm not playing it anytime because of Stadia, but they do have plans to release it to other areas, and so when it does go to 
other platforms, I'll probably end up picking it up. And of course, please make sure to check out our IndiePod store for all of our merch if you are a patron. Um, at I believe the $3 or above tier, it might be the $5 tier, I'm not 100% sure, so just make sure you check out the tiers before you become a patron. But uh, if you are on the 3 or $5 tier, you can actually get a 10% off discount on our merch, which is already super cheap. So head over, get some IndiePod merch, you can get a sticker, you can get a t-shirt, of course. Well, one of the parts of us having a patron or Patreon is that we want to pay artists to make us some new merch so hey you could buy our merch you could become a patron and then you will possibly get some cooler merch in the future definitely like i have some ideas for some really cool merch idea i have cool ideas for cool merch ideas i guess i don't know i don't know what i was trying to say there but Oof, you are uh spiraling a bit there yeah I'm uh, in it's rare form right now <laughs> it's yeah. three dollars by the way the three dollar tier will get you the ten percent off there you go after my spiral as like a standard josh fashion he's reeling me in he's pulling me back in that's what i do okay oh are there are there such things as bidet covers can we get that like a little a little indie pod logo on there you know i mean you can't see me but my eyes are like popping out that's a great idea right there See, that's what i'm saying that's get some on. on-brand merch mm-hmm shit that's a good idea well not yet, but there might be. Uh, of course, please <laughs> subscribe to our IndiePod YouTube channel. I haven't put anything out there because I've been kind of swamped with some stuff going on, just school and everything, but eventually I will. Just subscribe just in case. We'll eventually we'll start putting out video episodes of the podcast and such. Uh, please yeah. leave us reviews on all sorts of different platforms uh, to help us reach wider audiences because apparently that works. And lastly... Big shout out to our Patreon badasses. Thank you so much for being patrons. Of course, we've got Zach Durham, Chase Hopkins, Philip Renshaw, Chris Penwell, Josh Nichols, and Sam Fillion from Canada. Sorry, Phil. I forgot. From Australia. Australia. There you go. There you go. Just to make you feel included there. Because you are from Australia. And we love you. Okay? Just primo questions. All right? Of course. <laughs> Uh, so, Josh has been playing Ring of Pain by Twice Different. Let's talk about Ring of Pain and uh, your love of card games. Uh, first off, fuck you. Uh, second off, <laughs> uh, also, fuck you, Philip, because I'm sure you'll say something about uh, this being a card game. But, like, look, okay. I mean, Ring Chris also did, and I feel like you're leaving him out with a big fuck you. Like, Who did? Chris, on your stream, he was the one who called it a card game. Oh, uh, well, Chris doesn't know what he's talking about. Uh, <laughs> he's look, from so, Canada. Geez. He's from Canada. Uh... Anyway, so Ring of Pain is this roguelike card crawler. Uh, it is a very dark and twisted game, which I, I love the art style to it. But the, the main concept behind this and why most people would think of this and, and immediately go like, oh, it's a card game, is it is very obviously the 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 ring that you play in this, the, the actual levels, they are all card-based, but it's not in the same conception of you have cards and you have to build a deck and you fight enemies with those cards and it's like shuffled through it's it's none of that the way this works is the cards are literally just there as a form of conveying progression in the game so i don't see it as much as a card game as it is more of a roguelike dungeon crawler but without any like platforming or you know adventure it's more of like a turn-based dungeon crawler and so what I mean by that is you go down into multiple levels. I believe there's 16 uh, in the first ring and then there's like a, a secondary area. But you go down and each one of these levels will have 
a number of cards that are within a ring. So it's you have two in front of you, and then you can go to the, your left or to your right. And you might have a number of different objects in your way. So those cards could be things like a monster, a relic, uh, a mimic that has equipment in it, different health potions, or just other types of, of encounters that you'll find. And so you can attack those enemies, you can try to go past them, but if you go past them, you might get hit, you can pick up items, the equipment will change different parts of your stats so that you have more attack, more defense, more curse resistance, more health. Um, each one of those equipment has different rarity and has different special abilities tied to many of the pieces, so you can, you know, like many roguelikes, create different build types. So maybe you want to go a poison build. Maybe you want to go an ice, like a f freezing the monster type build. Uh, if you get into the later rarities, there's this light damage build that was just incredible. And it's the main reason why I won the game. Um, but it's... Oh, you actually beat it? Yeah, so I beat it once uh, so far. Fuck you um, for being so good at video games, you little bitch. <laughs> so there's and there's also multiple difficulties. So once you beat it the first time, then it gets harder. Uh, so you could you can up the difficulty. I think there's three difficulty types, but I haven't been able to beat the second one just yet. Um, but the game is 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 really good. Like, and I love the art style. It's super creepy. It's super vibrant at the same time of being very dark and dreary you have this constant story beat of this strange character known as Owl, who is like this creepy-ass-looking chicken boy. Kind of looks like the, the the bird from Sesame Street, Big Bird, but like a demonic version of that. Like um, if Big Bird was an incest baby, that's what that would look like. Yeah, kind of. But uh, also bent over and like wanted to get it, you know? Because like, yeah. why is it always bent over? That's a little weird to me. It is a little strange, but he's that's owl that's his name it's owl he's your friend he's always giving you goodies he's always giving you love and taking care of you or so it seems um because at the same time you have this thing called the darkness which is every couple of levels you'll go into this void of darkness and a voice will talk to you and i really like that this game uh it's obviously it's not anywhere near the level of, of storytelling of something like Hades, but what it does is each time you go through these these uh, encounters, these runs, and you die and you go back and you're, you're meeting either Owl or the Darkness, you're able to ask them like three different dialogue choices. And so you'll be able to say like, why am I here? Or who are you? Or what is, like, what is whatever? Like, it doesn't matter. But each time they'll literally only answer in a rhyme. They answer in like a two-lined rhyme. And that's the amount of story you're given in these little tidbits over and over and over again. So you constantly get this back and forth between the darkness and owl. And you're like, well, who's the evil person in this scenario? Because you're stuck in this ring of pain. You're trying to get out. You're trying to ask both of them why. You know that each of them are trying to defeat each other. And at the end of the game, you can choose either to go the way of the light, which is what Owl wants, or to accept the shadows, which is against Owl. And that's basically, um, I haven't seen that one because I haven't chose that, but I chose the light. Um, but then you'll get endings that differ depending on that. And I think there's also other actions in this game that will change and make it so you get uh, different endings as well. Because you can you can actually fight Owl if you're strong enough. He'll wreck you like early in the game because he is very strong but eventually you'll be able to go back to where he he stays which is at the reprieve and you'll be able to try and kill him um 
there's there's a lot of variables to this game there's a lot of things that you can do i'm you know learning a lot and, and running into a number of different scenarios because there's so many different types of levels that you can get and different uh like encounter areas uh i really like it um i definitely recommend this game it is right now uh 20 and i think until the 22nd so only our patreon listeners would be able to get this but right now it's 10 percent off this is a game i highly recommend i'm having so much fun with it and once again for those people who are like i don't like card games it's not a card game <laughs> so would you say that you enjoyed like you enjoyed your ending I guess I, I don't want you to go into like spoilers necessarily as to which like one you think would probably be the like correct or morally correct ending. But would you say that you enjoyed the ending that you got with Owl? And do you know if those are the only two options that you get? So this is the thing is I, I don't think so. I think there's additional ones. And I think if I probably beat it again, I might get something different even if I chose that same outcome because that ending was very brief. Um, I obviously I'm not going to go into any of it, but it was very brief. It was very like just at, like the the storytelling that you get when you encounter Owl or the Darkness. Just a few sentences, and that was kind of it. And I was like, okay, but I want to know more. So I kind of want to I want to keep playing, and I want to choose the light again. I want to choose the dark, like the shadows. And then there's also a run, I think, like a different ending if you kill Owl and then beat the game. Uh, there's differences, but there's a lot of little things that that'll kind of happen at random like there's an area in the game called companions like it's a certain level and so it just shows a bunch of dogs and frogs that you can walk around and they don't like attack you they don't do anything they're just there but you can kill them and you could be a monster there's achievements literally for being a monster and killing both the dog and the frog uh specifically um and at, the, at first i i couldn't do it i was like i can't kill these dogs they're too damn cute but then i wanted souls which is the currency in the game <laughs> to buy things and to get more equipment. So I was like, ah, I'm sorry, dogs, I have to kill you. So I killed them and I felt bad about it, but you know, now I just kill them all the time um, cause I'm a monster. But one of the things that was really cool and now kind of why I kill them is uh, on, like I didn't know it was gonna happen, but earlier into the, 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 the run, I got that companions level. I killed all the dogs and the frogs. And then I got it like a few levels later again. And there was this giant evil monster and he was like, uh, hey, if you kill all of them, like you should do it. Like kill them again. I won't tell anyone or something like that. It was very, very creepy and, and, and kind of weird. And he was just like, I'm not going to do anything, but kill them. And I was like, oh, okay, I guess. And so I just killed all of them. And then I talked to him again and he's like, here. And he gave me a fur coat. Uh. It was like, it was like a really good item. And I was like, huh, I guess I'll have to keep killing them then. That's so creepy. But like, like this... This game seems so interesting that it, it seems to play with your expectations of what good and bad yes, exactly, exactly are. Exactly. That is Especially with this art style. So that is a lot of what we had uh so, you know, shameless plug, we actually interviewed the the main creator of this and the main artist behind this game, Simon Boxer. And when I talked to him about it, I was like, oh, yeah, I noticed that, you know, there's a light and a, and a dark side. So kind of like a good versus evil. And he immediately was like, well, it's interesting that you say that. Like, why is darkness inherently evil? And so he was kind of like playing at that saying, you know, you don't really know what's wrong or right in this world. 
Yeah, that's really cool. I like that a lot. I I love that playing with it. I mean, we've talked about in the past, like, uh, our favorite video game lore like somebody wrote in a question about it and i said destiny was pretty much mine it very much brings in those same elements of not knowing necessarily what's right and wrong even though the game tries to tell you that one is right and wrong so Mm -hmm. i i really enjoyed that about ring of pain i mean 100 honest i'll never be smart enough to play this game and the fucking the art style spooks me out but dude it's so good like honestly the art is amazing the the sounds are so damn creepy and it's just like very unsettling but in a good way because of the environment you're in like there's so much there's so much well 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 done uh aspects to this game that i'm just enjoying it so much and it's it's done in a way where these even if you know you're you're bad at it like i I'm still bad at it. Like I beat it once, but there's still a hundred times that I've died because like there's, it's, it's a difficult game. And a lot of it is very RNG heavy in certain aspects, but at the same time, like games and rounds are so quick that it, it doesn't seem as punishing when you lose because you could lose within 30 seconds or you could have a good run and go 30 minutes. Like, but there's there's sometimes where it's just like oh, I failed real quick, whatever, and I just get to start another one. Like it's a really good, you know, just one more type of game. Uh, the only one thing, and I, I wanted to mention this, but the only one thing that I hope they instill in this game later on in updates and patches is trying to create a save system for your runs. Because right now I literally had a good run right before the podcast, before we started recording, and I was like, fuck, I have to just die because I don't want to leave this game just open the entire time (laughs) so i just had to kill myself um which sucks i i hate when games do this especially for roguelikes because that's like it's one of the biggest concerns is if you're having a good run you obviously want to stick with it um but the the team behind this game they they seem to be very uh very passionate about this and and very involved in a meaning like they have plans for rolling out new things coming uh, later, uh, even after this 1.0 release. But um, oh, and there's there's also there's also daily uh, daily challenges that are really cool because it like gives you random items and it's more of kind of like a puzzle game to see how far you can get with a certain build that they give you and certain uh, you know changes to the game mechanics. So there's there's a number of things in this game that that I, I really enjoy and I'm excited to see what they'll continue with because i'd love to see more items more enemies more you know everything in general so if ring of pain sounds good to any of you uh, and you want to check it out obviously please head over to the steam page you can add it to your wish list if you just want to wait for it to go on sale uh you can follow the developers on twitter you can do all sorts of stuff also check out that interview with simon boxer i listened to it when it first came out it's a great interview i very much enjoyed it i uh, i personally did i mean it's not that i didn't play any indie games this week i just didn't get super into any so i didn't list that i was playing any so i hopped into like i i consistently hop into west of dead every now and then just to see if it got better it has not um it is (laughs) it's still pretty broken like i i enjoy the game still i think it has a lot of potential uh, just like it did when it originally came out, but it's still just like this super buggy mess. Um, I was like killed by a barricade that just kept spawning and got me caught and then just kept like doing damage to me. And I was like, I don't know what's happening right now. 
Like it was the most annoying thing that ever happened. Uh, so the game itself, I hop into it every now and then just to check it out. It seems like they've done some improvements, but I'm going to be 100% honest. I don't know if it's just like maybe because I got new monitors or something like maybe a new setting, but I swear to God, the art is worse and I don't know hmm. why. That like that was super one weird. Yeah, it just seems super grainy. And like I said, it could be because I got new monitors, but I played this after I got my monitors and it was completely fine. So I don't really know what's up. It's it's kind of weird. Um, I'm not saying that it does look worse because I have no idea uh, for <laughs> everyone's like unique experience. But Maybe your eyes are broken. Yeah, maybe, dude. My ears are broken already. So it's <laughs> about time the eyes follow suit, you know, mm -hmm. just mm -hmm. the whole body needs to die. It just right. needs to go downhill Don't you very worry. quickly. It'll happen. Uh, yeah, and I'll die on the toilet like Elvis. Once again, full circle. Hell yeah. Nice. Ring of pain. Exactly, exactly. Oh, yeah. I See? said that during your stream that it definitely sounds like a euthanism for a butthole. Uh-huh. Full <laughs> circle. Circles everywhere. Life is... <laughs> what is life but a circle? That's true. What is time but a flat circle, you know? fucking true detective reference speaking of true detective <laughs> let's hop over to GameSpot because them i guess them's are they're, famous, they're detectives so I, I guess <laughs> <laughs> time for us to hop into our main news stories our first news story over on GameSpot is written by gabe gerwin i've i don't know never, who that is i've never, never heard, heard of gabe. that person <laughs> this is and undertale fan is turning the soundtrack into a ska album this Hot one damn. i kind of just wanted to talk about because we did our like undertale spoiler cast and i thought this was kind of cool uh so jeremy hunter has been performing incredible covers of popular songs reimagined as third wave. I don't know what that means. Ska tunes uh, <laughs> for the last few years. We've seen several video game references and nods on their YouTube channel, uh, Ska Toon Network. So it's like Ska, but Toon Network, you know, you got mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Cartoon, Cartoon Network Ska reference. Toon. It's good, it's good. Uh, Hunter's latest project is a full cover, is a full covers album devoted to Toby Fox's Undertale. The first song is available for um, all checkered wearing vans, uh, vans, not wans, checkered vans wearing upbeat loving Undertale fans everywhere. Uh, featuring 10 reimagined versions of tracks from Undertale. The record is called Despite Everything, It's Still You and includes a number of calib oh my God. collaborations. Ooh. Patrick, <laughs> uh, this Patrick rough from one, boys and girls. the J Music Assemble. It really is. It's just going to get worse once we get into our listener questions. But uh, Which <laughs> combines J-pop with jazz is among the musicians Hunter brought on to complete the project. Uh, the first single from the record is Determination, which chain, um, which charges forward from the first beat with a bouncy mix of brass, black... Okay, I'm not going <laughs> to... It's not going to happen. I'm not going into this. Brass, Let's just talk about this fucking and shit. drums. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. I hate reading. I hate speaking. I'm done. Yo, are you, a, are you a ska fan? I don't even know what that means, dude. You don't know I what don't ska know what is? ska is. Have you ever listened to Real Big Fish, Streetlight Manifesto? Yeah, but I never knew that that was a kind of like a genre of music. The, the idea that that specifically has its own genre is so weird to me. Oh, man, you have no idea what my high school life was like. <laughs> yeah, you're a real big fish fan? I'm a, yeah, I've seen them like nine times in concert. Oh, my God. Yeah. No way. Yeah. I Well, I mean, I went to a lot of concerts when I was uh 
when I was a lad. Um, and I went to a lot of things like, you know, Warp Tour and other uh, types of just a variety of people. So there was a lot of times where I didn't specifically go just to see real big fish, but they were there. Um, so I don't know. I used to love ska when I was a kid. Like it was, uh, now that you're an adult and you're cultured, you don't like ska anymore. No, it still slaps dude. This, (laughs) (laughs) this cover is great. (laughs) I just don't, I don't really listen to music as much anymore. Honestly, like as an adult, like I, I feel like I just don't have a lot of time because most of the stuff that I do at work requires me to think and I, I just have trouble thinking when there's like music like loud music playing so I, I always like, like to listen to some nice uh, very calm jazz or lo-fi beats or otherwise I'm just listening to you know podcasts and shit like that so I don't really listen to a lot of music anymore but Sky was definitely a big influence in my earlier years I think it's really cool and if you go down the uh the weird tunnel uh like the rabbit hole that this article brings you about who uh what the what is this guy's name uh Jeremy Hunter so the stuff that he did before trying to do this this um Undertale cover album he did a where is it he did a cover of Goldfinger's the the song Superman but did like a ton of different genres of music so if you read into the the end of it there's this just youtube video of redoing goldfinger's superman but with a crazy ton of like old classic hip-hop or like synth wave just like all these different weird genres for it and it's so good so good um, so are you a fan of this reimagining of Undertale? Because you personally are a big fan of Undertale's music. And now that mm-hmm. I know you're just that, that fat ska head, you know, ska. you just absolutely adore ska. I should also say that I have been to, if you're counting Warped where I have been to a real big fish concert, it was literally the only concert I've ever been to. I went to Warp tour in like, I don't know, 2016, 2017 and they played, but mm. yeah. Are you a fan of this? Uh, I mean, I'm a fan of it. I don't think that I'll be that crazy into, uh, like, I'm probably not going to pay attention unless another news article comes out that says, like, here's the CD. And then I'm like, oh, okay, cool. But, like, I'm not going to be chomping at the bits to listen to this just because uh, as much as I like Ska, I, I, this isn't going to have, like, any lyrics to it. And I think that it's it's good. But I don't think I'm just going to jam out to the Ska version of these Undertale songs. Granted, maybe I'll listen to it, you know, when, uh, when it comes out. And I'll be like, this is the best thing ever. But even though it is a cover of the song Determination, like, you can't really tell as much that it's that specific song. It's kind of hard to get, especially when there's, like, blaring trumpets and things like that. Like, it's a good song, but it doesn't remind me as much of the actual music at least for this song so to speak so i'll have to see i'm i'm not you know like i said chomping to the bits but i think it's cool that he's doing it like if that's what he wants to do uh yeah why not all right speaking of chomping at the bit let's hop over to our next news story it's over on GameSpot. it is written by darren Bon, bon thighs, bon thighs. I don't fucking know. That's a hard name to say. It's mm-hmm. B-O-N-T-H-U-Y-S. I don't know what that means. Okay? Yeah, I'm sorry. Bon it's a weird name. Sorry. Uh, this is Haven Developer Breaks Down How Players Will Explore, Fight, and Cuddle on an Alien Planet. Mm. Uh, so, 
I mostly wanted to talk about this because we haven't known a whole lot about Haven since it was originally announced. We then learned about its like Chrono Trigger-esque combat system, but we still didn't know exactly what was going to uh, what players would be doing. And I I don't want to get into the massive nitty gritty of this because it actually goes on for quite a while but i did want to ask you about a few specific things in this meaning that like uh you seemingly like it 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 involves a couple of different things so like uh you explore you fight and then you actually go back to this like other planet and you build up your your spaceship you build up your personal relationship with your loved one like you do all sorts of stuff um Mm -hmm. i wanted to ask you about this specific thing in here where it's like um cooking sharing and good me and good what sharing a good meal and i'm just so fucking stupid (laughs) cooking sharing a good meal and taking a little break is when they grow as characters and as a couple it develops their relationships and leads to leveling up thou said uh in having you won't gain that many experience points in combat you gain more by spending good time together i Mm. I okay, I didn't mess that up. That's actually how it's written. Mm-hmm. Uh, that really makes Haven different, as it's usually skipped in RPGs. You never see your heroes in their intimacy. Uh, in Haven, you do. So, how how do you feel? Because you are like an RPG fan. You've said this in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel about them making like? Because uh, RPGs are typically like, especially JRPGs, for instance, are typically super grindy, yeah. and yeah. they like have a lot of like a main focus of the game is their combat systems whereas mm-hmm. this you actually gain less experience in combat than you would in just these coin these these more slice of life moments so are like are you looking forward to haven now that you know that i i guess it's a different like take on mm. an rpg um good question uh probably not um I played the demo for Haven a, a while back when they had the Steam Festival uh, a few months down the road. I don't remember exactly when it was, but I I've never been a, a fan of turn-based, but uh, like turn-based combat that is not technically turn-based because you have to do it at a certain time. I, it's just never really clicked well with me. It's why, unfortunately, even though I know Chrono Trigger is an amazing game and I've played a good amount of it and really loved what I played, I just couldn't stick with it because it. I don't know why, even though like like I'm, I'm fine with a, a, a normally paced game that's not turn-based and I love also turn-based games that are just full turn-based, but you mix those together and it just like doesn't sit well with me for some reason so i don't i don't personally think i'm gonna play it just because of my weird weird uh, hang up with that um but at the same time i think it's a, a a strange balance to to play into with this game because i like the idea of them kind of putting a twist on that my only one concern with that is very much the same concerns that i had for something like the paper mario series of what it is today so when you do something like this, it does create that level of uniqueness and that I think it's creative to, to push incentive on doing more of these these relationship building things because that's going to progress the story and that's going to really keep you uh, involved and, and interested in these characters, right? But I think if, if you're taking away from the actual battles in regards to experience or in regards to value, 
then I think there's going to be this weird disconnect where you're going to go out into the world and you're going to feel burdened by the fact that you're doing a main component of the game. It's the same reason of on the flip side of why people would feel burdened by doing some of those relationship building things when there wasn't as much emphasis on it or incentive. So I think the problem with this is, and obviously this could be something that they're taking into account, but the problem is if they focus too heavy on one and they say, this is where you're going to get most of your experience and this is the main point, anytime you go into battle, just like with Paper Mario, like especially the new one, if there's no experience gain or very limited experience gain, why am I doing it? What does it really progress from a story perspective? And I'm, I'm wondering if the way that they kind of balance that is that you can't actually like interact in these social situations as much as you'd want. You still have to go out and gain like how they say you have to like cook a meal that you can share. Maybe you have to gain these components to then come back and do that. Right. Um, but most of those and of were course, like, like most of those things were gathering pieces. Like I don't think you're eating yeah. anything off of these creatures because they're like corrupted and and you don't you don't actually kill them. You kind of cure them like you fight them until you're able to clean them up of this corruption so yeah like, they're like infested with rust similar to the decay in ori yeah so like it's not something where you can argue oh you're going out because you're killing things and you're gonna cook the meat from it like it seems more like a very gatherer type of relationship where you know you're you're actually going out and getting different types of of you know mushrooms or plants that you can cook Whereas in that regards, that still doesn't push me to fight. That pushed me to find resources. You know what I mean? So I, I think that this is a smart idea depending on how useless they make the combat feel. Because even if it, like, even if it feels really good, uh, which to me it doesn't, but for some people it might, that still will feel in a lot of regards useless because you're really not gaining anything by going out and fighting things. Yeah, you're just saying that they'd have to balance the the like priority between both combat and this mm -hmm. like relationship building section because if it's too heavily weighted in one way, you're just going to feel inconvenienced by doing one. Exactly. Okay, okay. I mean, I, I think Haven looks really cool. I, I like the more focus on the relationship aspects of the game. Um, I think that's kind of an interesting way to like lean in an RPG. Um Plus, I just, I enjoy people taking their own, like, artistic views into a game and trying to, like, change up the formula. Yeah, but I sure. do agree with you that, yeah, it it could end up, like, backfiring and making combat seem, like, less of, less of, like, a priority and less of a need in the game. Right. Like, similar to, I really like playing Monster Hunter, but I personally, like, I never really got into the actual like i i enjoyed building new armor and stuff like that and kind of getting into the equipment side of things but i never got into the consumables and mm -hmm. like focusing on getting the right meal and stuff like that for the right like fight because i just didn't feel like it really made that much of a difference right yeah. So, I, I mean, that's also just me. Like, I, I don't think I put enough time into it um, to actually, like, understand the buffs that it would give me. But I totally understand your your reservation with this, like, this approach to, uh, se like, sectioning off experience. Yeah. Um, now I want to get into a kind of, like, fun news story that I just wanted to talk about. Uh, it's over on Twinfinite. It's written by, oh, my God. Woo! What? Let's Zizing go. Wan, I think it's how you say it. I have no idea, bro. 
that's that's a hard one. You got a cool name, okay? Uh, this is Hades Speedrunner beats the game in eight minutes. It's barely been a month since Hades finally got its full proper release on PC and Nintendo Switch, and speedrunners have already started optimizing their runs to beat the game as inhumanly fast as possible. The current world record for the game is seven minutes and 16 seconds in game time held by Vorim, I believe is how you say it. Um, it's worth noting that this is the in-game time record, which means that it only counts uh, the in-game clock or timer and does not account for the time spent menuing and managing builds. While uh, we'll luckily see the RTA, which is real-time attack speedruns in future uh, in the future that rival the current IGT record. Okay, so I I don't actually understand a lot of this terminology. You're one of the people who watches speedruns. Yep. Are yep. you? Yeah, like, I can it, I can explain this a little bit. Okay, cool. Go for it. Yeah. So basically, this is it's it's really cool, right? That seven minute. You look at that and you you go, wow, you can beat this game in seven minutes. But the thing to think about is. This game, uh, the in-game timer, doesn't count things like, you know, those those events where um, you get to a level and it's like, survive for 45 seconds. The timer doesn't count during that 45 seconds. If you press the pause button, the timer doesn't count during that time. So people will pause and think about which door do I want to go through. Like, you'll watch if you watch this video, you'll see him anytime... He finishes a level and dashes towards his two or three exits. He'll pause so he can look at which ones they are, his options, and then unpause and go in. It's also uh, anytime you're picking your different abilities. So you get those boons from the different gods. When you have that menu that has the three boons that you can look through, the timer is not counting. So what this means is although it says seven minutes this is effectively if you watch the full video about a 20 minute run through which is still impressive yeah, it's i think a it was pretty, like 22 minutes yeah it's still impressive it's a pretty good time but it's not like as impressive as say someone who did this in seven minutes from start to finish right away it is still crazy and it is still a very fast run but this is nothing to the nature of a speed run where you are literally just someone sees it has to click has to go through immediately and doesn't get a lot of that time to really think about the build per se um so you being a fan of speedrunning, and I, I don't know if you're really like in the community i know you watch the game done quick like every year mm -hmm. but i wanted to ask you do you know if one of these records is held in in high regard this real-time attack versus the in-game time um I wouldn't say that there's one over the other. That being said, you know, I, I, I'm not a part of the community for, for speedrunning. I'm just a very avid fan and enthusiast for people who do this. Um, but I wouldn't know which way or the other that people feel as far as like that community sense. But I, I would say generally the, the, the speedrunning communities are, are pretty... Uh, I don't want to say wholesome because I, I don't know for, for a fact, but a lot of the times they're usually very, very pleasant and positive to try and help people and get others to, to be able to do things. Um, I would find it surprising if they picked one way or the other of saying like yours is worse than ours kind of a thing with like, you know, nose upwards at the other. But um, looking at it, I think it's really cool, but I will say for me personally, I think it's pretty crazier when you have someone who's not doing, you know, like the, the, the cheaper pauses and, you know, taking the time to strategize because it's, if it's speed running, it's about trying to get from like start to finish to the end. But at the same time, 
it's it's kind of hard like i think roguelikes are really hard to do this with because a lot of games that you speed run you see people do it because they're able to over and over and over and over again learn those mechanics and learn what's coming and be able to perfect that craft whereas i feel like roguelikes definitely lend themselves to more of this type of in-game time speed running strats because there's so much variability and so much randomness that's going to come up that it's kind of hard to just be able to say like yeah, I'm the best at it when there's a level of high chance and and luck that goes into this. Um, there is a lot of skill, obviously, but there is still a lot of luck and RNG. So I don't, I don't know. I can't say that for one way that one's better over the other. I think personally when I watch it, like I said, I'm a bit more impressed by someone who just flies through it. But it's still, even if you watch this, the 20 minutes, the the amount of like strategies that the, the person takes to get to the end is very impressive and it does look pretty good. Yeah, uh, watching him go through like certain fight sequences where he just destroys these enemies in seconds, I was mm -hmm. like, oh my God. Yeah. That was outrageous. Yeah, and it's interesting to watch watch because you'll notice this person is very aggressive when when they're they're fighting a lot of the different bosses. Like you would expect people, especially I know for myself, there's a lot of times where I'm very strategic about being able to attack, attach, dash, dash away, and then you know repeat, like rinse and repeat that process of trying to not get hit. Whereas for him. Uh, just going in and just destroy like i don't think there was like a moment where he wasn't directly in the face of the enemy even though he's got the gun uh as his weapon yeah this is this is absolutely crazy i i just wanted to talk about this to say like man fuck you for being so cool bro that you can finish this game in seven minutes and 16 seconds i i still haven't hopped back into hades for a little while mm -hmm. um i've i've been just like trying to find something to like hold my attention for a little while because it's like i i get into these like i i guess i get into these funks where like i just like okay this is gonna sound weird do you ever feel like tv static interesting um i mean i wouldn't put it personally but i i know what you're re referencing but yeah i don't i don't think i feel like that i probably feel something adjacent to that but not exactly tv static which is also a weird sentence but yeah i, I get what you're trying to say yeah, you just feel kind of like empty. Like it's not yeah, I mean, it's I not necessarily <laughs> boredom because or like hunger or anything. It just you yeah, like it's, it's motivation at that and very drive. moment you feel nothing. Yeah, like yeah, I feel that like on a on the regular. Yeah, that kind of happens to me. Like it it happens to me a lot and the the way I found to like kind of counter that is to kind of like dive really deep into something. So like when I mm -hmm, played Destiny, mm -hmm. I really focus on like the lore and everything. So like I, at basically every waking moment is like watching videos and like playing the game itself and all sorts of stuff. Um, and I'm trying to find a game currently that I can just like dive really deep into. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. But then also pain? like, eh? 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 come on, buddy, let's get real good at it. I never will get good at that game. I'm just letting you know I'm bad. Uh, but yeah, so I've been having an issue recently where like I'm trying to, I guess, try to like dive deep into something but can't find anything to do that with. Like I was trying to play like Divinity 2 for a little bit. I I was trying that? to play. Really? Oh, it's such no, a good it's not game. that I, not that I couldn't get into it. It just didn't like. Uh, doing the, I, I think the tutorial sequence is honestly kind of boring. 
in Divinity 2. Um, the, the game itself, I have gotten past that, and I do find it actually really fun. Um, like, I play D&D, and I think it's, like, a perfect match for that. Right. But also, I think some of the, like, at times, the visuals leave something to be desired. That's why I'm so excited Baldur's for Baldur's Gate, Gate. 3. <laughs> yeah, looks so fucking good. Um, but yeah, that was just like a weird side tangent as to why I haven't got back into Hades. I just feel like TV static. Uh, speaking of static, let's talk about this last news story. Um, it's, it's written by Oh transition. My fucking God. Okay. Zarmana Khan. Mm. Yeah, I don't. I don't freaking. Oh, Zarmana. Over. Yeah, Zarmana Khan. Zarmanicon, okay. Uh, over on PlayStation Lifestyle, they write, uh, several indie developers claim Sony denied their request to discount their games on the PlayStation Store. Here's something odd. Return of the Oberdin developer Lucas Pope has received or er, er, has revealed that Sony denied his request to discount the game on the PlayStation Store. Pope, uh, who was also the mastermind behind Papers, Please, mentioned this in a response to a tweet from a fan who inquired about a discount. The fan, um, Mil Yoshi, says, Sale on Japan PlayStation Store, and Lucas Pope says, Sony denied my request to discount the game on PlayStation 4. Pope's tweet got picked up by Reset Era, following which one user... Uh, Akumatic, I guess, uh, did some digging and found similar statements from a number of other indie developers, one of whom said that Sony denied his request to offer a launch discount and his games sold very poorly on the PlayStation 4 compared to other platforms. That developer is Mike Rose. The game in question is Somewhere Profit. Another tweet dated August 2019 from Ratalika Games uh, suggested that developers have have to be invited to a PlayStation Store sale, they can only discount their games when Sony allows them to. Uh, interesting, interestingly, those invitations also vary by region. Mike Hicks, the developer behind Pillar, wrote back, uh, wrote way back in 2015 that his game was available for a discount price in Europe. However, he had to wait for Sony US to invite him to a sale in order to offer the same discount to the US players. Today, another French indie dev team or indie dev uh, who has a game available on the PlayStation 4 told me that he couldn't reach Sony Europe to get into the winter sale, uh, wrote developer Fabrice Breton, or I guess, uh, <laughs> for Sony, or first, oh my god, I'm having so many issues. For small indie devs, um, yeah, this is a waste of money because 90% of our revenue comes from sales. The examples are endless. While it's not unusual for platform owners to require approval before discounts, uh, discounting games, it's unclear what criteria Sony has in place for approving and denying such requests. So I, I found this pretty shocking way back when, when I found out about it, because this is like, like it says, like this has been going on for a long team or right. a long time. Long time. <laughs> I, I like it came to my knowledge because I'm a fan of Colin Moriarty and he recently started developing games with Lily Mo Games and is now like part owner. And he talked about on his podcast, Sacred Symbols, that he like people were asking if he was going to be part of like the um, any like Sony sales coming up, especially because his game is like it's based on his PlayStation podcast. Mm. Um, and he said, no, that you actually can't just willingly discount your games on their platforms. You have to request it. And I found that pretty crazy then. So, like, is this the first you're hearing of it, Josh? And how do you feel about it? Um, I mean, it's the first I've heard that 
people are doing this. I think it makes sense that there's some kind of, you know, loopholes in how much you can sell your game for. Not really like saying you can't sell it for a specific price, but that it has to be kind of checked because the same thing is like an authentication, uh, you know, check when you log in or something like that, just to make sure like, hey, did you mean to set your price to like a dollar or whatever it is? Um, but I, I think it'd be weird that they should really deny it. Like, like what would, I just don't understand what PlayStation really gains from saying like, no, you can't put your game on sale. Like, why would they care? Yeah, it, I mean, I, th- I find it especially weird because there are games that are like perpetually on sale. Yeah. They're like always, always fucking like on a dollar. sale. <laughs> Yeah, and it's so weird to me, especially like the the developers saying that they wanted to offer a like a day of discount kind of a thing to incentivize people to purchase it, which right. is pretty standard it's for pretty most common. platforms. Yeah, pretty common. Yeah, like within the first week of purchase, you get like a 10% discount, which isn't that much. Sony saying that you couldn't do that is so weird to me. Yeah. Like I'm 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 wondering if this has something to do with the amount of like a cut that they would get out of your game being discounted. So Mm. because they do any digital sales on their platform, they get a cut of all of those sales. Right. So I I, I I wonder if it has something to do with that. That seems so far fetched to me because. uh, But there's almost no rationale as to why they would say no otherwise. Right. Well, no, I get that, but I'm like, how much are they realistically... Like, there's a difference because even if they're discounting it and it takes away from that profit cut, that discount theoretically is going to work in the fact that they're getting more volume of sales. Yeah, like more people will purchase it, so they'll end up making more money than they would have before. Right, and Sony's not an idiot. Like, they know business. They've been doing this for forever, so I don't understand why they would use that as reasoning. Yeah, it is really weird. I mean, I don't understand this in general, like saying no, that they couldn't. Like, I I understand the, like you said, like that two-factor authentication kind of a deal where you're like, did you mean to do this? But being like, nah, you can't do that. That's so weird to me. (sighs) Yeah, I don't. And also, I mean, the being included in sales, I think that somewhat makes sense. Um, if but it's like, just yeah, if it's to... like a catalog of sales, like something specific, like they're not just going to allow you to be this random indie game and jump into the, like the PlayStation, you know, first party title sale and just play like, Hey, yeah. we want to be a part of it. Like, no, like that. I understand if PlayStation was like, Hey, we're not going to allow you to be in this like page system, but like, they're not, that's not even a thing they do. That's up to PlayStation creating that. Like that's them tagging their own games that has nothing to do with with whether it just goes on a discount yeah i don't know this this is just so weird to me and i don't understand why they would tell people that they couldn't discount their games or that Mm. they would have to like really like put it through sony and like when the the one developer is saying that they just didn't hear back from sony europe that they just didn't say anything that's kind of fucked up especially like sony since the release of the playstation 4 hasn't really done a fantastic job communicating with indie developers like this most recently i think came up when um the whole issue of crossplay came up with Wargroove, and they were saying that like uh sony said all they'd have to do was ask and they're like we did ask and you didn't say shit <sighs> like they're and then like it's so 
it's so weird because it seems like Sony's trying to play both sides by saying that they are communicating very well with indie game developers as they did during the PlayStation 3 era. Mm -hmm. And then also like uh, Shuhei Yoshida seemingly making what they would call a lateral move into like this indie game focused position. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like they had someone who just stepped into that role of being the the head of indie games so to speak but like what has happened with that what is what has been actually done since then yeah i'm i'm wondering if that's kind of like the main priority of that position is to work with indie game developers toward the launch and uh, like uh like the ability to sustain a library on the playstation 5 versus the playstation 4 Mm -hmm. but because i mean there aren't a massive amount of launch titles for either console the series x or the playstation 5 right so i I honestly just don't really know i think indie games they might not be console sellers but like Mm -hmm. i i don't think like i mean certain indie games i should say like there are definitely people who will buy a console for an indie game if it's exclusive to it but um i i feel like in the mass majority of people they don't sell the console but i think they get people to keep the console especially in droughts like launches for sure because typically launches don't have like a massive amount of games that you can play so you buy a playstation 5 you get like one or two games and you're like okay why do i have this console but if they have indie games to kind of bolster that they're like Resogun specifically uh, sold amazingly well when the PlayStation 4 first came out because it was a PlayStation Plus game and it kind of like helped people keep uh, kind of like keep their attention when the PlayStation 4 first came out. It didn't just keep playing their PS3 games. Right. So, I mean, I, I think uh, console developers need to understand the value that indie developers have and to not throw them by the wayside when they hit their stride i guess would be my big issue especially with sony because it seems like they do that yeah i i really want to know the difference between like the the process for for playstation versus nintendo versus xbox with trying to actually put your games for sale on those different platforms because just to your point I feel like there's specific games on the Nintendo Switch that I see all the time that are on sale and they'll go away for like a few days and then be back to that that on sale spot. And it's something like how how are they getting away with doing that? And then PlayStation is just denying people. And I mean, I guess maybe they're trying to keep people from doing something like that, but it just seems weird cuz this is this is them just denying it because I don't know, just denying it. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's very odd. Uh, but we pretty much covered this news in its entirety, so I think it's about time for us to hop into news creep. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting go to your happy place for a happy price go to your happy price price line 
News Cram is our weekly wrap-up segment where we, the hosts of IndiePod and Indie Games Podcast, cram you full of all sorts of indie games news. This week, we have one quick news story for you before we hop into a whole bunch of new stuff. So, our first and only quick news story for today comes by way of Twinfinite, where it's reported that physics-based co-op fighting game Party Animals by Recreate Games has just announced that their free demo has reached a colossal 100,000 concurrent players. That's I think that's pretty crazy. Yeah. Just a bunch of people playing that game. It reminds me a lot of like, and I think it's meant to remind you of Gang Beasts or yeah, that kind like. of like, yeah, that physics-based aspect of mm-hmm. people fall flat. Um, so I, I, or human fall flat, I think is what the game is called, not people fall flat. Yeah, same thing. Yeah, it's very similar. Um, now onto some new stuff. Our first six items in new stuff come by way of Nintendo Life, where it's reported that action adventure game Turnip Boy commits tax evasion by oh. Snoozy Kazoo is coming to the Nintendo Switch and PC via Steam sometime in 2021. That fast-paced stealth action game Quantum Replica, and I don't know how to say this developer name. It's like One Studios. It's O N 3D. So I was like, hmm, mm. like is it on 3D or is it One? Is it on i don't fucking know it doesn't matter uh is coming to the nintendo switch sometime in 2021 that indivisible by lab zero games has just received its last content update on the nintendo switch which includes features like uh a new co-op mode new game plus and Razmi's challenges i don't know what that means but i imagine it's a big deal mm, uh, but you know what that, it doesn't have any of that kickstarter shit that they promised that's very true good, good call out right there mm-hmm. fucking lab zero get your head out your ass um not really because they halted production like we talked about last week but whatever uh that 2d action platformer hardcore mecha by rocket punch games is getting a physical release on the nintendo switch with pre-orders go uh, uh pre-orders live as of october 15th um that food simulation game cook serve delicious 3 by vertigo gaming inc is now available on the Nintendo Switch and PC via Steam. And lastly, that 2.5D shoot 'em up Grood by Claudio Catalano and CC Arts uh, is headed to the Nintendo Switch on October 23rd. Now, over on Twinfinite, where it's reported that action RPG Oceanhorn 2 by Corn Fox and Brothers is coming to the Nintendo Switch on October. 28th and that terraria by relogic has just received his last content update on october 13th that includes changes such as a final npc and end screen credits bug fixes and much more now over on ign where it's reported that 2d metroidvania axiom verge 2 by tom hap has just been delayed until the first half of 2021 and to round out the group over on GameSpot, it's reported that jrpg chris tales by dreams uncorporated and sick or i i don't know it's syk yeah, or sick. it's syck so i don't know it seems like sick psych maybe uh, psych Oh, maybe Psych. There you go. Uh, has just been delayed to early 2021. That Among Us by Inner Sloth has just received a new patch that includes changes uh, that makes tasks more accessible for colorblind players, as well as anonymous voting and much more. Wow. And lastly, that Reigns Beyond by Nuriel uh, is now available exclusively on Apple Arcade. Uh, Reigns Beyond being uh, in the Reigns series. So it's like Reigns, Game of Thrones, and those games i guess i I don't really know i don't follow them that much but (laughs) 
it's time for us to hop into God Bless the Crowd because, of course, we've been blessed with so many amazing, amazing indie game news stories that we got to talk about the developers. We got to get back. Uh, this week, I, instead of letting Josh pick, I was just like, hey, I got one because the developers, uh, they are called Plainstorm Studios. They reached out to us on Twitter and asked us to talk about the game, and I think it looks pretty fucking dope. Uh, it's called Eagle Knight Paradox. It's a side-scrolling action mecha platformer with a unique slice-of-life twist. That's like my fucking jam right there, okay? Uh, they are currently looking for $17,085. They have 110 backers uh, with 900, or not $900, $9,067 as of the time of this recording and 25 days left to go. To get in on the ground floor of the game uh, and to, of course, actually get a copy of the game, you would have to pay $15. This tier is currently limited to 200 people. Mm. And at the time of this recording, there is 135 left of 200. And that also gets you your name in the credits. So, Josh, how do you feel about this? And why does it annoy you that you have to pay $6 for them to thank you? <laughs> uh that wasn't going to be one of my points but i suppose that, that doesn't is bother fun. you where it's like eternal thanks we appreciate your support and feel very lucky that you are helping us bring the game to life you got to pay us six bucks for that that's normally like a dollar you know why i'm not upset because i have never ever even considered doing that for one of these if i'm gonna put money towards a kickstarter i'm gonna do it because i want the game one person did that one person did it one person that blows my mind that one person would do that <laughs> one person just wanted to give them some money uh same same thing about uh you know us having a, a patreon who knows why they do it but some people are giving us money they still get something though that's I, the point this person gets nothing they but get, eternal thanks they get eternal thanks that is what i don't they just get. like message these people that give us a dollar and i'm like hey Thank you. No, I, you I say also give them exclusive content and every early shit. Time we do a podcast, you you shout them out. Eternal things. Yes. But they get other stuff is my point. It's not just that. Hey man, not every Patreon or Kickstarter campaign is the same. Alright? Some things aren't Apparently. fair in life. <laughs> Okay, so talk about Eagle Knight Paradox. Okay, so, uh, and honestly, if, if we're going to keep going on this this weird train, uh, you want to go into, oh, no, it does give you, okay, it just has, <laughs> to give if you give $34, you can have your name in the credits, it just says. But if, if you read oh, a little bit. Oh, you thought it wouldn't give you the game? Yeah, if you read a little bit further down, it does say it gives you the game, but it just says your name in the credits, and I was like, damn, that's expensive for nothing. Yeah. That would be pretty crazy. Yeah, it gives you a digital copy of the game, the soundtrack, and your name in the credits if you do that one. Yes, yes. Okay, so uh, Eagle Knight actually looks pretty cool. Um, it's basically you as this this individual who's trying to be part of, I think it's the, the Eagle Knights, uh, where you're yeah. you're in these, these mech, uh, basically kind of like a Gundam, um, just these mech platforms where you're, you're going into them, you're fighting these... Uh, I don't even know what they are. They look like a bunch of weird, like, robot bats or, like, like birds. Um, I honestly don't know either. They kind of remind me of, like, the like the krill, I guess, in Gears of War. Like, they're just, like, these weird drone-esque creatures. Yeah. Yeah. I guess if you've seen Spider-Man Far From Home, it's, like, mysterious drones. Mm. Yeah, and, and so basically... There's not too much shown. You could tell that this is probably... Even though the estimated delivery is 
October 2021, 2021 which seems pretty early because there's not a lot of like gameplay or cutscenes showing the actual combat, so to speak. It seems to be a lot of kind of the same that's shown, but what has been shown is is pretty interesting. I like the idea of you being in this environment that is totally destructible, jumping around, flying through this mech, trying to destroy these drones or whatever these things are that are chasing you, trying to save the city. I like the fact that it's not only just based on this combat as a form of gameplay, but there's another big aspect of this where you're outside of the suit and you're building relationships with people and based on those those relationships you build with other individuals you'll have different endings or you'll change certain aspects of the game so i like that branching scenario i do like the the characters that are there they they seem pretty interesting um i you know just watching this i kind of want to know more about what exactly is going on in this world i think it's super fucking weird that the main character is missing his leg but even though they have mechs does not have just you know like a prosthetic leg yeah that is kind of weird to me too he just yeah. has like the bottom of his leg cut off and like squeezed up like an orange it's super weird I think yeah you'd think they can make him a dope ass like fucking robot leg yeah the fact that that he goes into a mech suit like I get it because it's it's it, it makes sense that he would want to be in that he want to be in that suit he can be more powerful and and feel like he makes more of a difference I guess like that's kind of the the thing that they're trying to instill in this but at the same time if you could build these fucking robots give him a leg <laughs> where's this dude's leg yeah, like we can give people legs and we can't create giant robots. You're like, there's a leap in logic there that you could make these like fucking mobile suits, but you can't make a leg. <laughs> I mean, maybe part of the story is that like he doesn't want to do that because he wants to feel more human. And then I'm I'm more into it. But otherwise, if that's not explained, that's just really weird. <laughs> yeah, you're like, where's your leg, bro? Where's your leg? <laughs> Uh, otherwise, though, I think it looks pretty cool. I don't know that this is going to be the game for me. Uh, I'm generally not really too crazy about like mech games, but I I think it's pretty cool. I I really like I said I like that all of the environment is destructible. That you're you're constantly fighting in this suit that seems I guess for you know kind of overpowered in a way, but you have just a full wave of just all these enemies coming towards you. Um, it'll be interesting to see kind of if you're able to use the environment to your advantage with all of the things that are happening and coming your way. I kind of want to know more about the combat. Like what, what exactly is it? Is it like just waves that come towards you? Is it like, you know, you're protecting it for the night. There's 20 mobs that come at you and you have to do it in a certain like uh, amount of time or I, I don't know what it is. Like there's not as much explained as I wish that it, that would give me more info into how this game would play out but i think the underlying mechanics sit pretty well with me yeah i i also uh that's a good point like what exactly this combat loop would be if it's like wave defense or if it's something else that's a great point something that i also find interesting this is about the kickstarter not about the game is i don't know if in mexico they actually spell things differently or if there's just multiple no there's a lot of yeah words. there's a lot of typos i'm pretty sure that there's just a lot of typos in this but it's it's because this or english is not their first language like that's i i'm not taking that like against oh them yeah in that, my that first thing was like i thought it might be how like in the uk they spell color differently than we do as well right. with the u instead of just two o's or instead of like, a z they use an s 
Yeah, exactly. Like I've I've always kind of like I I wondered initially when seeing this because they spell solar system with an I instead of a Y, and they spell philosopher like Philo Sofer yeah. instead of with like a ph like it's not spelled correctly i'm very interested in that if that's no actually well, just a typo i mean this yeah this would be obviously the, like my ignorance if i say this and i'm totally wrong but i wouldn't assume that they would have a dialect where there's english that's not you know like our english if they speak it i would assume they would just end up speaking more like spanish in general so i i with with more european countries they have english but like a different form of it but i don't think like there's uh that type of of you know change in dialect so to speak um but i might be wrong i don't know i don't i don't live in mexico so you know i could just be ignorant to it yeah or they could just be a shitload of typos in this kickstarter that's also very possible yeah i i think the game itself looks really really cool i really love the pixel art i'm a big fan of like anime in general and a lot of that is slice of life so i love the slice of life elements i think that's super cool mechs big fan fucking love mechs i think they're amazing i think the mechs in this game look really really dope um and I love the idea of, like, the, like, underdog protagonist who's missing a leg is piloting a mech. There is, uh, like, art on the bottom with him with a prosthetic, and that really is interesting to me. Um, yeah. Just going back to, like, why doesn't he have a robot leg? Like, there's there's a part where it seems like he has a robot leg. So, I don't really know. I, I think the story itself seems really, really cool, and I would like to check it out. Um, it seems like a major component of it is figuring out why a lot of your former friends uh have actually like gone against the the empire like gone against earth and decided to fight with these aliens mm -hmm. i i very much like i'm into that story and that little bit of intrigue and i love that it seems like you'll be balancing uh just defending these cities with like balancing the combat with the ramifications of combat like the destruction of these cities right i think that's really cool um and i think that'll play a lot into the slice of life elements um i personally find this really interesting i'm i'm not gonna back it more of a like a i probably should save money right now um but i feel like 15 dollars isn't a major ask for a game that looks really really cool mm -hmm. i would like like you said uh a fleshing out of what exactly that combat loop is um if you're like dropped into a level and then you're just trying to get to the end or like similar to like metal unit or if this is something along the lines of that wave defense combat um i i'm not 100 percent sure but I, I think elaboration on that fact would be really, really cool. Mm -hmm. uh, any last like bits, little tidbits you want to get into before we hop into our buttload of listener questions? <laughs> no, I think it looks interesting. It's like I said, it's not really my style because it's just not uh, something I personally care too much about. I don't, I don't care as much about mechs and I, I don't um, I'm not crazy about the genre that it's in. But at the same time, it looks really cool. I'd like to know more about, like we already talked about that gameplay loop, but like it seems like it's got a lot of potential. I would say uh, if it sounds interesting at all, check out their page. Um, I don't believe they have a demo, unfortunately, but they do have uh, a press kit. So you'll find a bunch of like images, videos, things like that. You can see if, you know, this is something that's interested, uh, interesting to you. And also check out the main video on the Kickstarter page because it does look pretty cool. Yeah, it's a good, I would say it's a good trailer. 
Okay? I'm often the person who criticizes the trailers. It's a good trailer. All right? <laughs> so, check it out. Uh, especially if you're a fan of, like, side-scrolling action platformers. I think it looks really cool. Fan of mechs in general. Or, I would say, like an anime mech fan because i feel like you'll especially kind of resonate with that slice of life twist as well similar to the way that i do uh so make sure you check it out that is eagle knight paradox over on kickstarter they still i i believe they have 25 26 days left to go so you have a decent amount of time to hop into that kickstarter if you'd like to but it's time for us to hop into our listener questions samuel fillion wrote in and said well once again sorry 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 samuel fillion from, from Canada. Canada. He writes in and says, uh, any questions? Sure. Why did Sally sell see Fucking I bitch. knew he was going to screw it up. I was hoping so badly I was going to do it correctly. Okay. Let's try this again. Fuck you, Sam. Uh, why did Sally sell seashells on the seashore when you can just pick them up for free? Let's answer this question real quick. Josh, why do you think she sold them when you could just pick them up? Because she's a great businesswoman. Yeah, exactly. Because people are fucking lazy, dude. We don't want to get our hands dirty grabbing these fucking seashells. Gonna get sand all up in my pants, my shoes, my hands, my butt crack. I don't know how it got there, but like I don't want it there. Mm. Instead, I'm gonna pay you to go get it for me. Because I'm an American and we lazy. Fun fact. Vaughn picks up seashells by rolling in the the, uh, the sand itself. I, I pick up seashells by just opening my cheeks and just rolling around, and whatever gets caught in my butt crack, that's it. Them's my seashells. Mm. Got a lot of good treasure today. Yeah, exactly. Like, you, anytime I go to a beach, this is why I wear a Speedo. Nice. Like, I just open up my butt cheeks, collect them collect them sand dollars, you know? Mm-hmm. Anyway. Exactly. So, easily answered, she's smart. That's why, because yeah. we lazy. Capitalism. She's smart. We lazy. That's capitalism. On to the next question. Uh, what's the most useless talent you have? You've got to have one. We've all got one. I never miss a throw into the garbage can. Okay, Josh, what is your most useless talent? First off, that's fucking lies. There's got to be a time you've missed. And second off, uh, my most useless talent, I guess, I didn't even, I couldn't even think of it. I had to ask my wife. But the first thing that can't, like I asked her and immediately she referenced the fact that I can just remember song lyrics from way back when uh for some reason all this i don't know what it is it's just those songs that i listened to back in like even middle school or high school days like i still remember all of the lyrics to them for some reason i don't know why i know there's a lot of people that have that that same kind of thing but that's like definitely mine is my wife is always so confused at why really old songs i'll just be able to start singing them and she's like how do you remember all that shit like why and i'm like i don't know my brain just likes to keep useless shit yeah yeah you like to have all that kind of like that clutter Mm -hmm. those mothballs up in your mind Mm -hmm. you're like yep that's the stuff that really matters not my second birthday dude i don't second birthday uh i can't remember like any of my childhood honestly and it's probably blocked out because of trauma but like I can barely remember my childhood. Yeah. I don't I don't know why. Like I'm I'm really good memory wise with a lot of various things. Like I'm I'm good at just cramming data and just remembering like really dumb stuff. But then like I cannot remember phone numbers or people's names oh, yeah, or birthdays mm-hmm. for the life of me. Like I've been with my wife for 8 years now and I still don't know her phone number. And I've tried <laughs> to remember it. 
Dude, I like I am so bad with dates and everything. Every year I ask my my wife, I'm like, "Hey, what day is Valentine's Day?" Like <laughs> <laughs> every year, and I have a calendar. I could easily look this shit up, but like literally, I I just have the worst memory for this shit. For me, useless skills or useless talents. Uh, I don't know if I actually have any useless talents because I don't have many talents in general. Like I can I can pop my jaw um that's not a talent that's just something i could do like i'm gonna see if you can hear it okay Ooh, that's your jaw yeah that's my jaw Ooh, that should not pop that loud isn't that spooky damn <laughs> i could do i can kind of do that like i can crack just about like any part of my body for the most part i can't fucking crack my jaw though but it's gross yeah i mean it doesn't feel good like not happy about it but yeah i guess that would be like a useless talent or skill because not many people can do that but yeah i feel i feel pretty good about myself with that one <laughs> i don't know if there are other things that i would be like talented at that's just completely useless mm, i don't know um i'll have to get back to you on that one because our next question is just an easy one it's a lob it's like it's like freaking sam lobbing one into the garbage can from oh, a yeah. mile away oh, yeah. it's the drifter versus isaac who wins in combat so josh what do you think well clearly the drifter wins but yes but fuck you he only you even agree with he me. only yeah he only wins in the earlier stages like oh shut your mouth look at me look at me all right <laughs> isaac is a little baby and he would get fucking wrecked at the start but later into the game when he has like all these powers from the devil himself and he's shooting out giant red ass laser beams there's no way the drifter would beat him i mean i feel like eventually we're gonna have to do hyperlight drifter for one of our spoiler casts so you could see how hectic these battles get sometimes because <laughs> i definitely think he could because like one of his abilities is reflecting projectiles with his sword nah. come on big boy you Let's be real. You could beat him. No. He could chop that baby a new one. That baby would destroy. Which is him. also super fucked up. We're talking about like a semi-immortal race of beings and a baby. Yeah. That's trying to be murdered by its mother. That's the the wonderful magic of video games. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Thank you for writing in, Sam. You're amazing. Um, and I I would like to think that you're terrible at basketball, but just like fucking sinking them. You know, with these paper balls into garbage cans. Like, oh, dude, you know what? Like, I'm going to ask you another question. What's a useful, like, what's a useless skill you wish you had? Mm. Okay, like, is there anything in life that you just wish you could do so desperately? Like, there are two things that come to mind for me. One, I really wish I could dance. Yeah, I'm not that saying that's a useless skill. <laughs> I just, if I could give anything, like, I would give my left nut to be able to dance really well. I still would never do it because I'm not confident enough to do it. Like, my pee-pee's a little bit too small for that. Mm. But there's a second thing that I so desperately wish I could do because I've always thought it was the coolest thing. But honestly, it's not that cool. And it's catch food in your mouth. <laughs> like, being good at cat. Like, when somebody throws it to catch food in your mouth, I don't even, like, I don't even try, to be honest, because I know I'm so bad. People would be like, I'm going to throw it. And then they throw it, and I either catch it or I just move out of the way. Mm. And I'm like, you just wasted that starburst, you idiot. Yeah. Stop throwing food at me. Hmm. I've always wanted to ride a bike and not uh, have to hold the handlebars you can't ride a bike without holding the without handlebars? holding the handlebars nah can't see i can't like turn some people can turn and i'm like what yeah are yeah. you superhuman <laughs> 
But like I can go straight. No. I mean, I don't know if I can in my like for like now. Yeah. But I could when I was a kid. No, my balance was never there. <laughs> okay, that's interesting. All right. It's a great useless skill. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Chris Penwell writes in with multiple questions and says, uh, "Do you find video games relaxing? Have they stressed you out before? Why do you play games daily as opposed to other entertainment?" So Josh, answer those for me real quick. <laughs> uh uh this is a very dependent on what you're playing do i find video games relaxing yes depending on what i'm playing if i was to play like a game that stresses you out i mean it's why i won't play dark souls games (laughs) really those stress you out i wouldn't want to do that kind of shit yeah i'm just gonna get like really like challenging games don't relax me they frustrate me um, you're literally like a huge fan of roguelikes i don't I know, know how you can say challenging games frustrate you and don't like you don't enjoy them. i didn't say no well, hold up i didn't say i didn't enjoy them but they don't relax me i well, i guess that's fair i that's wouldn't fair. i wouldn't say i'm relaxed after playing a challenging game not that i don't enjoy it but there's like a place and time for everything right I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna play a crazy, challenging game when I'm like kind of sleepy and just want something to to hang out and just chill and play. Like that's why I like these type of like Ring of Pain is a great just like it's a challenging game, but it's more of just like I can sit down and just kind of like hang out and click a button or two and just go through and like relax and do it at my own pace. Like those are whether they're difficult or not, relaxing. Like being difficult doesn't have anything to do with it, but it's like the amount of of mechanics i guess required is is the difference between whether it's relaxing or not um have they ever stressed you out before i kind of answered that with within this um but like why do i play games daily as opposed to other entertainment um i don't know i mean video games have just been always in my life uh it's always been something that's really interested me just because it's such a, a very open medium like you could have a video game on just about anything. Uh, and I, I I don't know. There's something there's something about video games that just always draws to me. Like, it's the reason why we're on this podcast, right? It's the reason why we talk about video games. It's the reason why we play video games. It's like, it's something that really interests us because it takes us to a world. And like, part of it is just a level of escape, escapism, right? Part of it is that I, I play video games in some regards because I don't want to be in the real world at times, which is an unhealthy thing to say, but fuck it. It's true. Um, and two is just, it is in many ways, uh, a a form of getting to certain emotions that you're, you're wanting to experience, whether that be, you want to be relaxed and you want to play a game that's more relaxing, whether it be, you want a good story and you want to be immersed in that, you know, environment. And you could say you get those with others, but like Video games have always been more to me because I'm actively doing something and actively seeing something. Whereas if I read a book, I do like reading, but it's still, it's never going to be as interactive as a video game is. And you could also say I could watch a movie and get a great story, but like I enjoy having that me being the the outlet of, of making decisions in the game, so to speak, right? Um, I don't know. Uh, it's kind of weird uh, all over the place answer. I'm going to be honest. I don't know if I actually find video games relaxing pretty much just in general. Um, There are very few games that I've played that I've actually found them relaxing. 
I, I personally, like, when it comes to, like, why do you play video games daily opposed to other entertainment, I'm actually more likely to use, like, more likely to watch TV yeah. than I am to play a game. Like, I've talked about in the past, if I have any addiction, it's definitely the TV. <laughs> um, I, like... I have problems where like I sometimes have to force myself to play video games because I know that I need to. Um, Having in, a weekly podcast just, helps. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I feel like I have to force myself to play games so that I can talk on here. Otherwise, I would just veg out and watch TV all day. Like, or I would like I would do my homework for a little bit and then like i might play a video game for a tiny bit but most of my time would be actually watching tv like i i there aren't many things that i find very relaxing like i i think music is actually really relaxing um i specifically like i start off my day every day at work um to hopefully like not have a bad day and to get into the correct headspace because i'm already pretty grumpy because i'm not a morning person (laughs) so when i have to go to work at like seven in the morning i'll start by listening to music for the first couple hours because i feel like it gets me in the correct headspace so i would say i find that more relaxing video games in general i i i don't think that they they don't make me more relaxed um, if anything, they just give me something to focus on. Like, like I said before, a lot of the time I play video games to just like, and this sounds really dramatic and, and like really odd the way I'm going to put it is I like, I play video games to feel something essentially. Oh my God. This has been a depressing episode. <laughs> I don't think, I mean, I feel like I'm just like, I, I just want to be real with everybody, yeah, I guess. Cause I, I mean, I've, I basically just said uh, a very similar thing, but I, I feel like this is a bit too much opening up. Gotta... Yeah, I I don't know. I'm definitely more open than I definitely than I should be, but I I like that. No, I think no, it's no. Fun. it's all good. It's all good. Yeah, so I hope that answered your question in a sense. Like, I don't really find video games that relaxing, but I do find them entertaining. Yeah. Um, especially when you hit your stride. Like, a, a reason that I like Souls like games so much is I, I feel like they get me into the right headspace of challenging myself to do something and to like actually learn about games like roguelites i i feel like for some reason i have just i don't get really into them because progression i I don't yeah it's it's a little bit of progression and it's also like for some reason i can just not be bothered with actually learning the mechanics of the game because they're i mean typically rogues like like i don't mean it at all as like an insult but they are it's a lot it's an investment yeah they're like system heavy games but if you get good and you understand the systems like you can get very very good like how you're talking about different builds all the time Mm -hmm. in roguelites like i totally understand that i just for some reason i never want to devote my time to 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 actually understanding those systems yeah i get it i mean that's why that like i'm a big fan of roguelites don't get me wrong but i only really devote a lot of time to very specific ones you know binding of isaac slay the spire potentially ring of pain depending on how much uh, you know this game really grabs me like there's there's a lot of roguelites i play there's a lot of roguelites i really enjoy but do i stick with them not really i play them and i enjoy my time with them but you know, there's there's definitely that that level of, do you want to invest the time to get good in that game? And roguelite, roguelites and roguelikes give you that opportunity, which is great. 
but not everyone has that time or the willingness to do that. And that's totally fine. Yeah, I feel like in life I'm just biding my time until I eventually get East Kite into a death game. Like, that's really, that's... Well, then you better get good by now, all right? It's just that one. If you don't get good now, it's going to be... Well, that's the thing. Typically, your physical traits do not follow you into, like, East Kite stuff. So, like, I'll be be fine, bro. Mm. Like, if I get East Kite into a death game, all I got to do is, like, min-max some builds and, like, I'll be chill. And even if I die, like, I die, hopefully it's on the pooper, you know? But uh, speaking of poopers, Chris also writes in and says... Oh, yeah, good transition. That's two, <laughs> I think two for already... two. Two for two, baby. Yeah. It's a new podcast record. Huh, I, I think I've already sent one. But because you've been talking... Uh, but because you've been... What am I... What's happening? I don't know, man. You, you've got two oh good transitions, but you're, uh... My reading skill is even worse than normal, which is, like, subpar at best. Um, okay. we'll but because you've been on this butt kick recently, I'm on that fucking kick all the time, dude. I'm a butt guy, okay? Like, that's my jam. But since we've been on the butt kick recently, what is your favorite kind of butt? Mm. That's a dumb question, Chris. Josh, answer it for me. Uh, You so easily answered it the other day. Bubble butt. Bubble butt, hands down. Yeah. But, like, speaking of which. Well, you, like, am I supposed to say plank butt? Do I like no butt? No. That is not what I enjoy. What kind of butt butt is my favorite? The butt of a baguette. I love the ends of baguettes. (laughs) Mm, Those are so good. And there's a lot of people who don't like them, I'd like especially in in my family. And they're always like, "Who's gonna eat the end of the bread?" And I'm like, "I'll fucking eat it. Give it a crust. Oh, you fucking psychopath. I love it. Give me that butt. What is wrong with I'll you? I'll eat that. Ass. Do you eat the like? Are are you the guy who's like, yeah, make my grilled cheese with the two ends of the bread because nobody else wants it? <laughs> no, I'm not that crazy. But I mean, I'll okay. I'll do it if there's nothing else. I'm the kind of person who will be resourceful enough to be like, well. That's the end of the bread, but I'm not going to let you go to waste. I still got this. My friend Avery specifically likes the butt ends of bread. Like we went on my bachelor party. He was there and we were making grilled cheeses. And wow, what a bachelor like party. He's, yeah, right. Grilled it's cheese? insane. You fucking um, cheesing up? So. Uh, also, have you ever heard of somebody making a grilled cheese instead of using butter, using mayo? Yeah, yeah. That's how you're supposed to do it. Oh, fuck you. No. Yeah. That's so gross. Yeah, dude. I, it makes you want to throw up. You're supposed to use mayo. That's what crisps it up. No, dude. I just use butter nah, like dude, a normal doing person. Wrong. Doing it wrong. Oh, my God. But <laughs> to answer your question, what kind of, like, what's the best butt kind of a thing? What's my favorite kind of butt? Then big butts. Like, big bubble butts. Like, you could crush my head with it. That's what I want. Mm-hmm. Like, big thighs, too. Whew. Jeez. Yeah, we already know you're uh, a thick, thick lover. Yeah, I'm I'm down with the thickness. I like I love yeah, you got it, you got it. Uh so number one Turner and Hooch fan writes in and says, Y'all ever just vibe to the Reese's Puff commercial? Uh, oh my Dude. god, cereal commercial? <laughs> the fuck is my problem? I don't know, okay, man. Uh this caused such a rift in my life <laughs> and I don't understand why the two of you went into such like a deep hole for this Reese's. Why are there so many fucking Reese's Puff commercials and remixes? I think that's the better question. What is question. up with this? Yeah, I don't know why there are so many, but I thought it was so funny. I feel like I do this anytime I see number one Turner and Hooch fan, especially like on the Active Quest. Uh, they're they're uh, yeah, the theme. fucking pants thing. Yeah, that I, got me so hard. I always try to do that kind of shit because t- number one Turner and Hooch fan always has these just like ridiculous statements, and I love just piling onto them. <laughs> I still have yet to get my question answered from number one Turner and Hooch fan. Is this like a Scrubs reference or is this Turner and Hooch? 
the Tom Hanks movie. Like, I still don't know. I'm pretty sure it's the, the actual like, Turner and Hooch, not Scrubs. See, but you know what they say about assumptions. They make asses out of you and me. Yeah, but you love so. asses, so I guess you love oh. me. You got me there, mm-hmm. dude. You got me. I do love you, and I love them booties. You also have a bubble booty very similar to me, dude. That's true. Like, we are the same person. <laughs> but you're good at video games, and I'm not. Oh. <laughs> well, I mean, it's bound to have one difference, right? Yeah, you're right. Like, one butt cheek is slightly bigger than the other. But Maybe. do you uh, do you ever vibe to this Reese's Puff commercial? No, not at all. But I... Man... This this Twitter feed though was was so great. I loved going through these. This is one of my favorite things to do is actually to go through like it's a weird uh binging habit that I used to have of just going through YouTube videos through stupid songs and stupid memes and just like bullshit all day. Like that was my favorite thing to do to waste time because it's That fucking Doug Dimadome remix though. That was that slaps. That is my okay? favorite dude. The the uh in the wrong neighborhood meme of all of the different songs that do that uh the, the like dun, 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 dun. that song with just a ton of like clipped other things there's one with uh uh phineas and ferb like where the evil guy i don't remember his name but is being con- dr doofenshmirtz yeah, yeah or okay. professor doofenshmirtz whatever that yeah, is yeah yeah so he's controlled by perry the platypus and it's like the scene where he's uh being controlled by him and, and DJing and it has that that background there's like a ton of these and they're all so freaking good um yeah YouTube poop is great um <laughs> dude that fucking education connection one though I do vibe to that dude that's like, such a that's good, good song shit. that and like oh man there's so many good older commercials that were just it's so iconic man you can't not bump to education connection like that J.G. Wentworth one that always gets legit, me too. That was dude. Yeah, my money. yeah, the I like operatic. It it's fucking good. Uh, <laughs> Philip Renshaw from Australia writes in and says, Flash is getting discontinued soon, which means an end of an era for games. Do you guys have any favorite Flash games growing up? Personally, I highly recommend the game Don't Shit Your Pants. <laughs> Feel free to Google it. It still exists. A text-based game where you need to avoid shitting your pants. Uh, <laughs> a like highly it. enjoyable five minutes, I can assure you. <laughs> Do you have any favorite Flash games? I mean, I've never tried that one, but I really like... So I'm, I'm a big fan of the Behemoth, so I'm a huge fan of, like, Alien Hominid back in the day. I used to I used to be a, a really hardcore Newgrounds fan where I would just... I would live on Newgrounds and watch those videos and play the games, like, all the time. But I don't remember, like, anything. It took me a long time to even remember Alien Hominid and, and be like, oh, yeah, 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 that was one of them. I mean, there's a lot of good ones out there, but they, they're kind of forgettable. <laughs> I mean, for me, my favorite Flash games would be like the the last stand. La- oh my god, the last stand games. Like, there's there's several of them, and they're actually making the last stand three, which is like on Kickstarter right now. It's like, bro, I'm not paying you for that game, but. <laughs> Like it, I mean, it's not that it doesn't look good or anything. It was just excessively high priced for what I assume that game is going to be. But like, I, I very much enjoyed the last stand games. I think they were really, really great. Also, um, I loved the stick man fighting games where you play. Yeah. Like the stick man karate games or Kung Fu. You just beating the shit out of other stick men. Or did you ever play the, uh, 
you ever play the Flash game where you played George W. Bush killing terrorists? <laughs> no. <laughs> that sounds great, Yeah, that, that one slaps. Like, that was a great <laughs> game. I really love that game. Or there's another one where you play... It had, like, this South Park aesthetic. I think it's called, like, Roy or something like that. Where you would play a hitman and you just had to, like, carry out these elaborate hits. But it was, like, all in, like, a South Park theme. It was very weird. Like, the art style was South Park. It was awesome. Super strange. I do not know. Yeah. Bunch of them. I... I I played a lot of Flash games when I was younger, but never really attributed them to, to Flash specifically. They were just the games I could play online. Like, I went on right. Armor Games and, like, Newgrounds and stuff like that. Like, I, I did all all sorts of stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But Philip Renshaw also writes in with the last question of the day and a real good one. Um, also, if you were in a fight to the death with a baboon, would you win? Josh, you gonna fucking... You gonna go knuckle deep in that baboon? Uh, I mean... Okay, hold up, because I gotta watch this right now. Because here's the thing, I when I hear that, I'm like, yeah, it's a baboon. I could I could take it on. But there's the first thing I typed in for Google right now is baboon fight, and it's lion versus. They'll eat your face, bro. What? I'm, they'll eat your face. Yeah, dude. I, I the first thing that came up was lion versus baboon fight. So I have to watch this because if the lion gets fucked, then maybe not. The lion is real scared of this baboon, by the way. <laughs> he's he's not having it. Wow. Yeah, Super. they got like red faces, red butts. They're creepy looking, dude. Yeah, dude. Is that is that baboon gonna beat the fuck out of this lion? That lion went up the tree. Oh, the baboon chased him. This is fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean to. So, I don't mean to give you the play by play, but uh, I mean you're seeing like the fucking king of the jungle like run up a tree because of a baboon. So would you say, based on that context, you could beat a baboon in a fight to the death? I mean. Like, and how, I would how say this you can't have weapons. Uh, well, it's not a fucking baby. It's not just curb stomping <laughs> a baby baboon. I'll fucking kill that baby baboon. I would assume it's a baboon of equal, like, equal proportion. age and experience <laughs> to you. Uh, I don't know, man. I mean, I like to think I'm pretty strong, but uh, I don't know how wild baboons get. I'll say I'll fuck them up, though. Like, in a fair fight, do you think you could beat up a baboon? What does a fair fight with a baboon look like? Do you, I don't know. Do you Maybe set, you'd have you to take some steroids or something. <laughs> like, would you be willing to eat its face? Because it's definitely willing to eat yours. I mean, life and death? Yeah, I'll eat the, I'll eat the fuck out of his face. <laughs> me, personally, easiest question I've ever answered, it would kill me. 100%, two seconds in, <laughs> I'd be dead. Okay, I wouldn't even try to fight this baboon. It would be like, ugh, and I'd be like, dead. Like, I would just fucking heart attack on the spot, dead. All right. Easy. Well, okay. Baboon 100% kill me. But here's the thing, though. Baboon thought I was dead. I wasn't. It turns around. I give it that good old dick twist. Okay, I rip off its dick. (laughs) It's all like, oh my God, I don't have a dick anymore. And then I'm like, boom, I fucking. I kick it right. I was going to say a word that yeah. most people don't like, so I'm not yeah, going to. But I would just like fucking, I would drop kick that bitch. I would like, I'm going to axe kick him. Okay. Baboons all thrown by that. Then I'm going to like give that stone cold stunner. Boom. Fucking kill that baboon. Okay. That's why it's so easy. It's because baboons, they're like, I ain't going to eat you. You're dead. And I'm like, ha, you're not smart enough to know. I, I, I don't know. I'm fucking dead man walking, I guess. Like I want to die. Eat me. Okay, mm-hmm. and then fucking rip off its dick. Okay, that's how you fight anything. Just grab its dick. 
I, it'll get you out of every survival scenario. What if, if it doesn't have it one? Doesn't have one. Yeah. Just die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just die. Okay, so as long as you're not fighting a, a female baboon, you think you're good. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's proof that like, like females are the superior gender that they don't have an external genitalia that you could just rip off and they would lose a fight. Yeah. Hundred percent. All right. Just fucking. Um, I would. I think I would dominate most of the animal kingdom as long as I had a penis. <laughs> Otherwise, I lose. I don't. I don't think so, buddy. <laughs> oh my! Like God. a rhino, you're gonna come at me with your big ass horn, dude. Fuck you. I'm, I'm gonna... gonna grab the other big ass horn. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Have you ever seen Blue Mountain State? Uh, no. It's like this really raunchy comedy about like a like a football team, uh-huh. and there's this guy on it, and his name is Sammy, and he's always like, anytime he's about to get into a fight, he'll like come at them, and he'll be like, "Dude, I'll jerk your dick off," and they're like, "What?" <laughs> and he's like, "I'll jerk your dick off right now," and they're like, "I." D- is that what you're meaning to say? Like they get like really <laughs> off, and then he's like gets me out of fights every time, and his friends like, "What would you do if they're like okay?" And he's like. I guess I'm jerking them off. Like that's... <laughs> so I feel like I'd run into that yeah. scenario pretty darn quick where like an elephant, like I'd be like, I'm going to rip this dick off. And it would just be like, I wouldn't be strong enough. Okay. They've got them tree trunk peni. And I would just be like, I I guess I'm being taken to the mat by this fucking. Yeah. That <laughs> fucking thing elephant. would just sit. The minute you grab its dick, it would just sit on you. Just yeah. You. So. There you go, Philip. I think I could kill most male like animals on the planet Earth. I like how this started with you being like easiest question, I'd die, and then immediately we're like, <laughs> wait, no. That 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 glimmering, uh, amazing light popped into your brain of like, no, there's dicks. I can grab all the dicks. <laughs> yeah, give him that good old dick twist, and I'd win. Ten out of ten. Like I'd Wood fucking twist take again. him down exactly like when kind of funny does those things where they're like oh yeah like how many cats do you think you could beat up like how many children do you think you could beat up like it's it's ridiculous it is i mean i'm not i didn't know where you were going with the children i was 100 (laughs) percent. like i'm never gonna i would never do that move is not useful against children they got soft heads like i I just fucking like where you going with this flick them in the head they're dead (laughs) Okay, like it, it, like babies got soft ass heads like they were born with a self-destruct button like I would I would straight up merc some babies but like if I was up against a thousand cats wait they have retractable penises it's true. like they're plus they're like spiky as fuck man this is, yeah. this is a, that's a tough one right I there told you. like cats and and like ducks how they have corkscrewed yeah, penises dude. like be noodles that's some creepy too much shit noodles. that's that's super creepy so yeah, do you think you could beat up a goose? I mean, like a, or a swan because like swan. they're basically the same thing, just like different colors. I think yeah. I feel like if it really just attacks you, just you know, get a good uh, a step in and just fucking slam on their necks. Yeah, because there's like this big thing where people yeah, are people like get a, afraid of geese. Yeah, people get attacked, and like I get it, but if you charge them as well, like I feel like you're bigger than them. You could push them. You could step on their yeah. necks. They would be pretty useless. I mean, useless. you could just fucking grab their neck and just take them to the ground, dude. You, like, fucking hammer them into the ground. Just grab their neck and treat them like that game at the fucking carnival where you got to smash that thing and then they, uh, that one up. bit goes up and hits a bell. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, that strongman game, you just fucking treat a goose like the strongman mm-hmm, game. Mm-hmm. Dead. I get it. 100%. 100%. <laughs> 
<laughs> so that's the end of this podcast. Thanks everyone so much for listening. If you would like to chat with us outside the show and come at me about my dick twist, um, then you can you twist? can do so in a bunch of different ways. You can uh, hit us up at IndiePod on Twitter. Make sure to follow us there for notifications about our episodes, indie game news, uh, giveaways, and all that cool stuff uh you can hit me up specifically vaughn at uh hide legion that's h-y-d-e-l-e-g-i-o-n and you can talk to josh at the underscore george 90 uh you can also check out his twitch channel which is just the underscore george right Mm -hmm. correct no 90 see he got that one he didn't have to worry about the the 90 the 89 other numbers i don't know i don't know who that george is on twitter but get rid of your account so i can take it Thanks, everyone, so much for listening. Of course, one last thank you to our patrons, of course, uh, Zach Durham, Chase Hopkins, Philip Renshaw, Chris Penwell, Josh Nichols, and Samuel Fillion from Canada, also uh, Philip Renshaw from Australia. I keep forgetting to do it. I'm going to get into the rhythm one of these days. One day we'll there. just be flying, okay? Every time I even think of the word Philip, like the name Philip, it'll be like from Australia. <laughs> and like my nephew Philip's going to be like, what? And I'm going to be like, what? Because I don't even have a nephew, Philip. Ha, fucking got Damn, you too. Damn, didn't see that one coming. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Thanks everyone so much for listening, and we will talk to you next week. Bye.